Well, welcome to the Church Explained podcast, a conversation to grow our leadership and build our church. I'm Dave. And I'm Nathan. And uh, today we are joined again, again. Uh, by Shayla Visser. She was on one of our earlier podcast Ooh. episodes. If you've not listened to that, then check back on that. You don't need to listen to it to listen to this one, but it's a great listen mm. again. Uh, but if you've never heard of or know of Shayla, let me just explain a little bit about what she does. She's the National Director of Alpha Canada, Global Senior Vice President for Alpha International and Executive Producer of the Alpha Youth Film Series 2013 and the Alpha Film Series 2016. She also currently holds positions on the board of the Damascus Road Foundation and the Board of Regent College, an international graduate school in Vancouver. Before her work with Alpha, Shayla served on staff with Power to Change in Canada. She has been studying evangelism and evangelistic responses in nonprofits and the church. She has a heart for people coming to know Jesus and helping the local church flourish. A gifted communicator and known for her ability to bring people together, Shayla is recognized as one of the top 100 most influential mm. Christian women in Canada. Shayla lives in Vancouver with her husband Ryan, a K9 unit police officer, and two four legged family members, Talon and Benny. Is that right? Talon. Talon. Talon and Benny. We Should love chat. our dogs. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Awesome. Thanks for having us back on. It's so, it's so great to be back on with you guys. Uh, Dave and Nathan, I appreciate what you're doing for the church, and I just love your heart for leadership and uh, mission. Brilliant. Well, well, it is a pleasure to have you back mm-hmm. on. And we just want to let our audience know that you have got up very early at your end. We need a little bit of sympathy for you, really, because it is 6 a.m. at uh, Vancouver. It is. And uh, we're 2 p.m. here. Yeah, so we're all right. We're, we're at yeah. the other end now. We're yeah. sort of going towards the end of the day. <laughs> but uh, it is so wonderful to have you here with us. And uh, I wonder if you just share a little bit more, Shayla, uh, just about your family, your journey to faith and ministry maybe just for our listeners who haven't heard that before just a wee bit more i know we've done the bio which mm. is fantastic nathan you read that very well Thank actually you. well Thank done you, good reading <laughs> uh, but come on let's share a little bit more about your faith journey and um and maybe just a little bit more about your family if you're okay with that yeah absolutely my family are an immigrant family to canada my mom and dad came from India. They realized that with um, the marriage they had, that they would probably need to raise their kids in a different country. And the reason is my mom is British, had mm. gone with the VSO to uh, work at a school in India, met my father there, got married and realized they were in a country and she was from a country that perhaps an interracial marriage would not be uh, so easily accepted. And so they decided Canada was a good place to come. So I was born here in in our country. And I love it. It's a wonderful place, but I have a great affinity for the UK and for, for India. I grew up in an Anglican church. My mom had actually left the church in her 20s, as had my dad. I'm seventh generation Christian on the Indian wow. side. Wow. And uh, they had both left the church in their 20s. And when my mom got pregnant with me, she decided to go back to church. She went to her parish uh, church in the community, and she realized um, that what she wanted was for her life was Jesus. And it was a charismatic Anglican church, and so she just took off in her faith. The wow. grounding that was there from her childhood 
just, I was fanned into flame in that environment. And since then, walking with the Lord, my dad became a Christian when I was 17. I would say became a Christian, probably not the right language, but his faith came alive. Uh, It had been quite dormant for quite a lot of decades. So that's kind of my immigrant, Anglican family story. And so I grew up in a wonderful rural church. So for those of you in rural churches, I I salute you because we need rural churches to be very fruitful, loving, hospitable places for young people to find themselves at. And that's what I did. Uh, Christ Church Colchester in Harrow, Uh Ontario. You wouldn't find it on a map. Um, (laughs) It's a tiny little place. But what it was, was a vibrant community, small community of people who genuinely loved each other and genuinely Mm. loved Jesus. My youth group was five people and uh, some odds and sods kids who came once in a while, but it was really my siblings and I and a couple other friends. And that was the size of our youth group. But you know what? All of us are still walking with Jesus as all of us still are faithful to God. And so I've just had this wonderful life of um, seeing the church at its best, really, and and truly. And then I decided when I went to university that being a Christian wasn't cool or a good thing. And I want to uh, stretch myself into new experiences and new people. And so I, I put Jesus on the back burner. But in my last year of university, I... Excuse me. In my last year of university, I recommitted my life to Jesus. I just was kind of sick of sitting on the fence. Mm. The fence is a very uncomfortable place to be. And I knew I I had to be all in or not in at all. And I couldn't do the not in at all. So I jumped all in and and really just said to Jesus, okay, I put my life in yours and I will follow Mm. you all the days of my life. Mm. That is the briefest version of my background. <laughs> well, we're good at getting the brief stuff out of people, yeah. but well done, well yeah. done. And, and tell us, um, what, what do you do for fun? Oh, well, for fun, I love actually going to beaches. I love reading. I love playing tennis, but I haven't played a lot recently. Um, my husband and I love to travel. And so Ooh. whether that's Mexico and the beach in the winter, you know, Vancouver's like the UK known for its rain <laughs> in the winter. And so whether we do that or we go somewhere interesting, we went to Machu Picchu in May. That Ooh, was awesome. Nice. So tra- we, we do love to travel and we love our dogs. We love our life. We love to be hospitable. We love having people in our home. Oh, that's very good. No, so good. Well, um, uh, with, your, with your work, obviously, you're doing a lot of work with uh, leaders globally. I, w- I wonder if you'd just uh, tap into some of the things that you're noticing, maybe the greatest challenges and also opportunities that you're seeing at the moment globally when you Yeah, through our work with Alpha, we have a global emerging leaders cohort that I've been privileged to work with. And then, of course, I work with um, leaders in Canada that that are pastors or charitable leaders. And in that, I see two sort of key concerns that church leaders are facing. One is uh, rhythm, and the second is agility. Uh Rhythm being what is my personal rhythm? What is the rhythm of leadership that allows me to be a healthy and flourishing leader? What is the rhythm that allows me time to consider all of the issues coming at me? What does that look like? And I think people are finding it really difficult to find the right rhythm. And and then agility is the second one. Like, how do I continue to adapt to the realities of what it means to yeah. lead a church or, or be in the charitable sector, um, faith-based charitable sector? How do I remain agile in that? And that's not an easy thing because not every personality 
is naturally agile, naturally likes change. So if you're a person that I don't like change, it's not my thing. This last few years have been just real torture for you. And so the combination of rhythm, what are my spiritual rhythms, my work rhythms, my family rhythms, and what is the pacing like in that? And then this ability to be agile. If, if you haven't figured out your rhythm and you're not naturally agile, boy, this has been a rough few years. Mm. Um, the opportunity then is for leaders to really see that in the midst of all this change, God is doing something new. Yeah. God is doing something wonderful. Do we have the ability to see it, hear it, and join it? Mm. Uh, I'm a big fan of... Uh, Dr. Henry Blackaby's Experiencing God. You may remember it from years and years ago. I still think it's one of those ones you could pull off the shelf and uh, still do. It uh, perhaps has some approaches that might have been for a certain day and age, but the underlying biblical principles are great. How do you join God in what he's doing? Mm. Uh, there's a pastor in California named Terry Walling. He now consults um, other pastors. And he said early on the pandemic, the season is about voice recognition. And I think it's still true today. The opportunity is voice recognition. Can you hear what the Spirit is doing today? Mm -hmm. Join him in what he's doing rather than doing the sort of heave-ho, energy-sapping work that is based on your best attempt at doing what God's called you to do versus Spirit-empowered, Spirit-led work of the kingdom. Mm. Great. Yeah, so good. Some stuff to think about there, I think, mm. for leaders. Uh, ha have you noticed anything? You, you talked about, you know, being agile. Have you noticed anything around the, the sense of resilience with leaders? Have you picked that up at all? And what, what would yeah, you say? Yeah, absolutely. I think the reason that I avoid the word resiliency mm. is because I think it exhausts pastors to hear the word resiliency. Yeah, probably. They're just like, I know, I have to be more resilient. <laughs> and that's why I've tried to pick a different approach to say – like that. Um, we always have to be resilient, absolutely. But I thought agility was a, an approach that allowed people to hear it in a different way to say, okay, how do I stay agile? But agility is also in my spiritual life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different seasons require different things from me as a leader. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so agility just allows me to communicate to other leaders that mm -hmm. this is a life choice. It's sometimes a personality and sometimes it's forced on you. Yeah, yeah, And in this case with COVID, it was forced on us and we had to learn to adapt really well. And so resiliency, yes, every leader needs to be resilient. You grow in it over time, yeah, but I think yeah. the ability to be agile means you walk with the, with the spirit. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. And probably a, a much more, um, less pressuring approach, I guess, to think of it that way, isn't it? Uh, that, that there's yeah. some, some agility there. And I, th I think this season has really helped us also to understand that there perhaps were idols or misunderstandings or misinformed approaches yeah. to our ministry that the Lord wanted to tear down. And one of the most common that I hear, and this would be particularly in evangelical circles, we work with the whole church, as you know, uh, but I would say in evangelical churches, you'll hear people say, well, I'm building the kingdom. I, you know, we're part of expanding the kingdom. You know, that's what we're doing right now. And I think if we were to go back to what Jesus said and what we hear in the New Testament, that's not our role. Mm. And I think we have to kind of take pressure off of ourselves as leaders to say, okay, you're not responsible for building the kingdom. That's what the king does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. not responsible for expanding the kingdom. That's what the king does. Mm. Instead, we are to pray, we are to seek. 
Um, we are to uh, live in the kingdom. Like there's lots of activities we do in the kingdom. Yeah. Mm. But the king builds it. And I think that allows us as leaders, when you think about being agile, you have to have it under a good theology of what is mm. our role and what is mm. the Lord's role. And I think in some cases, at least in the West, we love an enterprising church model. And in that, we can end up in the wrong place. If we get too far down that, we want to be about voice recognition. We want to understand our role and the king's role in the kingdom. So we do his work. That's where agility and adaptability and resiliency sits, right. is within that. Yeah, and yeah. if we're not within that, then I think we get into trouble. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I, think you're, I think you're right and some great advice there for leaders. Let's pick up, if we can, uh, on your role within Alpha. A, a couple of years since we've chatted to you, I think, probably about mm-hmm. two years ago. Yeah. Um, you were sharing with us then some of the things you were doing, some of the new innovations um, that you had to sort of work towards, uh, some of the online stuff. What are you most excited in your role with Alpha at the minute? What's, what's the thing that really grips you mm. at this point in time? Well, in May, uh, Nikki Gumbel at our leadership conference rolled out the vision for 2033, which is 100 million participants on Alpha. And in 30 years, we've had 30 million. And in the next decade, our vision from the Lord is 70 million more guests around the world. And so it's just very, very exciting for us to think about what does it mean to serve the church, to... uh, to really see more people come to know Jesus. And I don't know what it's like for you guys in the UK. I do know what it's like in Canada and the US is that young people are more spiritually open than we've ever seen before. Mm. Uh, the spiritual interest is really high. They're not looking to the church in Christianity, but they're looking for spiritual places to have good yeah. conversations. So I think we're particularly interested. Next year, we'll launch the next Alpha Youth Series. Gen Alpha is right on our heels. For us in Canada, Gen Alpha starts high school. And uh, that means they're sort of, you know, in that 14-year-old, 13, 14-year-old age group. They're going into high school. And so it's a whole new age group for the church to reach. And so we've designed our next Alpha Youth Series under Dan Blythe's leadership to really impact that age group. So I'm particularly keen on what does it mean to reach this next generation around the world and that's gen alpha and i think we're positioning ourselves to be a resource to the church to help them do that brilliant yeah, so good. and just to follow up on that then what about your own leadership journey what are you most excited about i think it's leadership development truthfully it's i'm at a certain stage of my uh experience and uh learnings and failings and to be able to help young leaders I am so excited about Gen Z. Mm. Their interest in growing and developing as young leaders, their hunger for the things of God. I'm like, I love this generation. How can I serve them to be great leaders? I had a leader call me yesterday and said, hey, I really want to learn from you as I take on this new leadership responsibility. And I'm hoping I can be as good as you. I said, no, no, let's reframe that you can be better than me because I'm going to teach you everything I can so that you go way further and have far greater impact. It's not about trying to be a leader like me. It's being the leader God's called you to be. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to help you get there. 
And so I love that. I look at our staff. I get so excited about our staff. I get excited about young leaders that I meet through different organizations and different churches. And and I really do think about what can we do um, Mm. to serve them. So I started something off the side of my desk a couple years ago, the Women Church Leader Accelerator. That has been hugely fruitful. Uh, 19 women who were in executive roles or church planters coming in for a two-year cohort to be developed as leaders. That's the kind of thing I want to pour my connections, my opportunities, and giving it to them to help them run further and farther that the Lord would want them to do for his kingdom. And I'm excited about that. I really yeah, get passionate yeah. about <clears throat> people. Well, you, you can see it in your face. Yeah. And uh, in your enthusiasm there, it's good to be excited about stuff. Yeah. And, and I'm just trying to think of the, the amount then for Alpha. Um, that's a lot of people to reach. Seven, 70 million, was it? <laughs> 70 million more participants. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of people to reach. Yeah. But when you look around the world, I mean, what Alpha, what Alpha is able to do to mm. serve churches in Amazing. Asia and Latin America and Africa yeah. and the Middle East, like it's just incredible. Incredibly good work. And the contextualization of Alpha, right? Whether it's with the Chinese Alpha film series that was launched, that's 100% Mandarin, or, you know, the types of work my colleagues are doing in those areas. Amazing. We just need to fuel it because it is, I say to people all the time, it's a good time to be alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great time to be working, you know, alongside of the spirit and what he's doing in the world. What a great vision. So good. I, I love, um, obviously, your excitement around younger leaders. Um, I wonder if we could just um, dive into that a little bit in terms of, like, are you seeing a difference uh, between younger leaders and uh, what we'll call more seasoned leaders when it comes to that idea of evangelism? Um, you know, are they more eager, less eager to reach people with the message of Jesus? What are you seeing uh, as you chat with those younger leaders? Well, interestingly, we actually did some research in 2021 on evangelism and young leaders and, and you know, people that have different roles within churches. Mm. We had 2,700 pastors fill it out in Canada, so it's quite a robust study. And here's what it told us, 46% and 48% of children's and youth pastors think evangelism is wrong. Right. I'll say that again, 46 and 48% yeah. of youth and children's <clears throat> pastors think it's wrong. So when you have that as a base, the younger people that are being discipled under them don't have the same passion for evangelism. Yeah. And so we're seeing this critical shift happen in the church in Canada. So the issue is the seasoned leaders, as you called them, Nathan, mm-hmm. I love that. I'm a seasoned leader. Uh, the seasoned leaders are, are, passionate about evangelism in most cases, not all, but most, but they're tired as well. They've led through the pandemic. They're coming out on the other side. There's so much work to do. The world is changing. Culture is changing. How do you stay on top of that? How do you help your congregation in the midst of that and prioritize evangelism, which is spiritually harder, often could take more time and energy, uh, sometimes takes more money in terms of training and equipping or running alpha or whatever it might be. Uh, How do you keep that white hot in your church amidst Mm. all the other things. Mm. So I actually think um, increasingly we have young people that are being discipled by others that don't prioritize evangelism. Mm. And so that's a concern. Now with the, with some of the resilient disciples that I'm meeting, 
They are passionate. They are just on fire for God. So it's not true of everyone. Right. I would just say it's a smaller number of them. Mm-hmm. And so we're doing everything we can to encourage them and fan it into flame. And we've got some ideas too in Canada about what we're going to do to help mm-hmm. young people recognize this wonderful opportunity to reach their friends. Because yeah. the Barna research we did said that Gen Z, if they were to talk about uh, an emotion that they feel when sharing their faith and Gen Z said something different from any other generation. Mm. They said, we feel calm. Mm. Calm. Not afraid. Mm. Calm. Why? Because they believe in being their authentic selves with their friends. And Mm. if they're Christians, they feel calm about it. So sharing their faith comes much more naturally. So we have that reality, but a reality that the children's and youth pastors aren't as passionate. So how do we help... um, young people see that evangelism and helping their friends meet Jesus is is so essential and is a part of their own faith development and is actually biblically true and exciting to introduce yeah. people to Jesus. Yeah, yeah, it's my favorite thing in the world. Well, it's been great to have you Amazing. on the Church Explained podcast, Shayla. Uh, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Yeah, on LinkedIn uh, or on Instagram. Those are the two easiest places to find me and I'm just Shayla Visser on Instagram. Fantastic. Well, it's been great to have you here. Yep. Uh, you're going to do the wrap-up in a second. But, we, yeah, yep. we want to say a big thank you to you, Shayla, for mm. all the work you're doing. Shout out to Dan Blythe as well. Of course, we need to do that because yep. I yep. think you're his friend. Oh, yeah. So I've been told. And uh, But also, just uh, we're so excited about the stuff with, that Alpha's doing. Always excited because... Yep. Um, it reaches so many people, and, and those numbers are just mm. mind-blowing, aren't they? Yeah. So a big shout-out to all the Alpha guys, all the guys you work with. Mm. Uh, we're, we're really uh, cheering you guys on. Yeah, we're believing and praying well, can, with you guys for that. And can I just say thank you for what you're doing as well to serve uh, church leaders around the UK and beyond, but also just the fact that you champion, like, how do we help more people meet Jesus? Mm. That, to me, is the most one of the most important mm. things we could ever do. Yeah. Well, that's a wrap for the Church Explained podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, If you can subscribe and share wherever you're consuming this content, share it with people who it would really benefit. Uh, Then doing that helps us get the word out uh, about the podcast. Uh, And uh, yeah, you can uh, access free resources at icon.church forward slash open that are available there. Also, we'll put in the show notes any of the links that uh, Shayla has mentioned on there that you can get access access to really quickly but that's it for the church explained podcast i'm a little bit rusty because i've not been here a few times but it's been a pleasure to meet you and be with you and we'll see you next time on the church explained podcast